There's no like big bells, whistles, and pops. The it, nice thing is you can have beverages though. Well, that's while the best a show. thing about it. It's yeah, a, it's a it, no, it's a fun kind of laid back. Uh, the kids put together a studio. It's like the yes. rat rod. Yeah, it's like the rat rod of recording. I would <laughs> think for a, a, a professional broadcaster such as yourself, this is every broadcaster's nightmare. That basically anybody can build oh, a radio I, studio now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get an old door and some scaffolding. That's right. And some stuff you plug into, and then you're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. This was a chapel door, wasn't it? It was off a of school. It's cool. Okay. Was the school a chapel yeah. at one time? Uh, probably. I don't know. I wasn't around then. I don't know this, but uh, I always try to wear long sleeves because this will splinter I the hell out of me. Just something just now. Yeah. 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 It's it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening locally? Be what's um, happening. What's coming up? What's coming up? I'll do it in order-ish. Um, Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. It's a little... Oh, that's fun. I've heard about those. Yeah. Where like... guys wear women's shoes. Yes. Yes. When is it? It's April 9th, and it's on Foster Fest. Um, there's an article in it in the next issue of Local. Actually, you can look look it up at uh, wiregrasslocal.com Dave, right now. you should do that. Put on them pumps, you man. You should walk in Misty Shoes. You should actually be a part of that. A mile. You can walk a mile. In some stilettos? Come on. I can't comment on that at all. I'd wear some <laughs> women's toms. I don't even think I'd go a mile no. in anybody's toms. That's, those a, things a are A nice simple. low-cut sandal. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. As long as yeah. you get a pedicure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm sure we can find somebody to paint like the 95.5 local. Yeah. <laughs> Logo like on your toe. What else? When is that? So that's April 9th? That's April 9th. What time? Uh, in the morning. Yeah, you didn't get the I'd time. I'd say 10. Is it, is it a race? <coughs> or is it just walk a certain distance? I think it'll turn into a race if it's right. not officially a race. Yeah. yeah. You get a bunch of dudes. Yeah. What is it benefiting? Justin, you're killing me. Dude, House of Ruth and all the, like... Oh, did you say that? No. Okay. I haven't gotten there yet. I was going to try to look it up. Who's, who's the benefactor? Uh, I am. Go. I need some more shoes. <laughs> Go walk a mile in Justin's shoes. Is, is it okay to just sashay? <laughs> yes. So it's not a competition. No. Okay. But it right. should be. Right. Like, who go, has the sassiest walk for a mile? It'd be funny if, like, somebody showed up and be like, I'm going to I want to be... go do the show from there. We need to be there for that. April 9th, I will be at the beach. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Like way to support local charity. Way to be what's happening, Justin. I'm gonna be what's happening. We're I'm gonna, it's just gonna be happening at the beach <laughs> for me okay. on that weekend. What else is happening? So uh, April 9th. Yep. This dude, Biscuit Miller. He's a blues guy. Yeah. He's playing at McLeod's on the sixth. I didn't go in order. I don't know how to read numbers anymore. I keep seeing the TV commercial, and it looks it looks like it would be a, an interesting show. And where where's McLeod's? You McLeod's haven't been to McLeod's? Eighty four no. West. Um, you alright? <laughs> yes. It was sort of a burp that turned into a cough and just pretty much burned my throat. But oh, okay. man. You guys keep talking. Get it together, woman. I don't want to walk a mile in those shoes. <laughs> Sneeze, burp, farting all over the place. Please keep that inside your face. <laughs> Try not to spit this all over everything. Um, Clouds, you go out west towards Enterprise, past Flowers and all that, and on the right... Um, you know where the humidor you know, is? CBS's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right yeah. there. Yeah, right around there. Uh, uh, Mexican restaurant, what's it called? Mexican Connection. Is it that same? It's in the shopping center before that. Okay. They're Long right Beach next Pan to each is. other. Right. But they have like one gazillion beers on tap. Yeah. Okay. It's the biggest draft house in Alabama. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. You need to go. I, been, I, I don't get out often. Uh, and I haven't been out that That's way in a true. while. That's not true. You only go to places you have coops for. Let's be honest. Like, we're going to be honest on this little podcast, David Summers from 95.5 Give me my scissors back, please. Let me tell you how many times Dave has invited me to lunch, 
And you're like, okay, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's go to lunch. And they're like, I, you know, and you'll be like, Dave, I was thinking some Thai food. Let's go have Thai food. He'll be like, nope. Not in the budget. Nope, we're going to Cracker Barrel. Today's chicken pot pie day. <laughs> Dude, that sounds <laughs> legit. I go eat that. I was like, I don't, but I, but I don't want chicken pot pie. Yes, you do, because I've got a coop. So let's go get that is some awesome. chicken pot pie. So you have like the, then, the little Rolodex deal? What's the other time? Like, You've done it to me like three times. We went to Charlie's one time. And it's like, oh, okay, I think I'd like a salad. Nope. Do you want the chicken fingers? I, I swear I'm not frugal. <laughs> it's not awesome. me at all. Yes. We all eat what Dave you wants should get. You should seriously, next time you ask for lunch, get a like rolly bag, like some luggage, and just fill it up with blank <laughs> nonsense paper, and then just like, hold on one second, and like flop the thing up on the table, and just Time out. unzip it, and just start like acting like you're going through every one of them. Like, oh, I found it. Here we go. I have it organized by region yes, of the city. Yes, do it. The, yes. the couponers do it at the grocery store. Have you ever noticed this? They're very sneaky with the coupons. Man. Right. They're so sneaky. You don't want to be behind them. No, well, you don't know. You think they're just right. shopping. This is, I've had to learn to start looking in people's carts because when there's a bunch of randomness. Yeah, you got 15 Tide pens yes, and like 26 got, pounds of yes, chicken. Yes, and like one toothpaste and 35 Papel waters. Yes, yeah. you're a couponer. <laughs> yeah. You go to the next slide because they're not going to bust out their little thing of coupons right away. Could you get me coupons for the Propel water? Great. Do you like... It's, it's hard to find. It really <laughs> you is. You order it. Amazon that, man. You don't even have to bring it up. You don't have to get out of the car. Do they, do they it deliver it on, with a drone? I doubt... Have they even done How that? many waters how are you, you trying get, to get? How do you get deliveries? <laughs> how do you get deliveries from Amazon? Usually UPS. Okay. That's how I do it. Yeah. I think it just depends. Dude, you can't get a drone to drop something in the Garden District of Dothan and get shot out of the sky. <laughs> you can, I don't think they're delivered to Alabama, period. I, mm. I don't think If I can't get an Uber yeah. at the house, I'm not going to get a drone at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I think an Uber in Alabama would be incredibly dangerous. No, I think they're in a, Birmingham. They kill it. It's so easy. Yeah, you don't have to pull city. out nothing. I think it's the scariest thing in the world. Why? Because I just I fear for the actual Uber driver... I fear for the people getting into these rando you cars. You fear for the driver or the passenger? Yes, the driver. Right. Like, do you know how many drunk people pile into the back of a car? I, and like, I, do. I did that a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I do it all yeah. the time. I'm one of them. I'm ridiculous. Like, I would never want to be in someone's personal vehicle. Hmm. Except for the one that my husband's driving, because he's used to my ridiculousness. Sure. There's, like, a special, like, five-point harness <laughs> to feel- keep you at bay. <laughs> yes. I have my own car seat. Kick what? Keep... Just stop being squirrely when I'm trying to drive home. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anything else? What else is happening? Colt Ford. He's playing at Cowboys the 15th of April. Ought to be a big show. Um, Are you guys going to be out there for that? Are you guys uh, doing yeah, that yeah, show? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that, that, it's going to sell out, too. It, and it, it's <laughs> probably close now. He had sold 85 tickets probably just within the first couple of days that it was announced. Yeah. So okay, it's going to do... And I think capacities like 525 or something Ooh. so so it's not going to take long and he got a terrific deal it's his first appearance in cowboys but he got a terrific deal because colt is somewhere the night before and somewhere the night after that are that's within 100 miles or a couple of hundred miles so, oh that's kind of sweet so it's a pass-through date so we got what a, night? got a great mm-hmm. deal Friday, April 15th. Yes. Oh, so it's yeah. even on a good night. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a... Yeah. I hate it when well, there's concerts that you want to see and they're like Tuesday night. Well, Cow- uh, Cowboys only does uh, Friday night shows. So... Oh, that's yeah. Ron, nice. yeah. Ron's got it together as far as like yeah. big bands that are your, you've heard of. Um, it's not really in my wheelhouse of my shuffle playlist, but at the same time, like it's, it's very rare that... I like going out to Cowboys. I've never been. What? I mean, I've been, but I've never been while they were open. Like, I go... No, no, no. You've seriously never been to Cowboys? Uh-uh. Like, Wednesday night? Nickel night? Uh, I've never been inside. I've picked people up. Quarter, nev- quarter night. Yeah, quarter beer night. Yeah, yeah. Can't, don't be, we'll have spent a long time. Yeah. Don't yeah. be costing them 20 <laughs> yeah, cents per beer. You'll have yeah. some mad person. Oh, man, Charlene said on the local podcast. <laughs> then I'm writing a check because... It's not nickels. It's quarters. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never been. What? Yep. We have to go. You can't. You can't not go. To, like it's a huge. Do, do you like? Do you like country music? Not really. You don't and, have and, and to. But it's pri- not. that's primarily the. Oh yeah. You know the genre, but sure. Such uh, great people watching. I, yeah, I love experiencing things. It is like a lot of a lot of people watching opportunities. It's the yeah. best. Or, have you ever yeah. been to Midget Wrestling Night out there? Uh, no, thanks. Oh my God, you guys haven't lived. You think you've lived? You think you've lived like a well, full, rounded life, and yet you have it. 
You have not been to midget wrestling. I'm only 33. I've, think, I've got a good three years left in me. Think about it now. Think about the fans of wrestling that we have here. Oh, yeah. Now make the wrestlers midgets. It's incredible. It is quite possibly the most exciting night of my life. Let's don't and say we did. No, it really, it's a must. Just FaceTime me. You got, uh, you don't <laughs> yeah. have that. Anymore. It's not uh, yeah, the yeah. same. The pictures don't do it justice. You Share really for a couple have. of minutes and we'll be fine. <laughs> you really have to be there. You can go live on Facebook. Now. I sent Tim pictures last year and Tim's like, no way. I'm like, you just... The, the, it, it, it just reminds me too much of the Little People Show on TLC and uh, <laughs> those type shows and it's just like, oh my goodness. This, yeah, I, well, I can't stay here long or shows like like the 600 my 600 pound life oh yes it's, I mean it sort of reminds me the man with the 132 pound scrotum oh too much I just I yeah so that's it's, definitely not Hulk Hogan it's it's about no it's, no it's, it's not Hulk but it's Hogan. balancing yeah, I just I can't I just can't I, I don't know I, but you but it's it, it's like that car accident you oh you gotta see, see oh I wanna see no I don't I'm the person that will stand in line and pay money for the freak show. That is so crazy. I, because <laughs> if I have an opportunity where I'm allowed to stare at people, because uh-huh. normally you see weird things, but you're not allowed to stare, and you have to be polite. Yeah, yeah but if you got a ticket for it. If I had a ticket, I can get as close as I want and just take it all in. Like you every ever thought detail. about going to Walmart and just renting one of the little carts to ride around on? Yeah, just wear like an air cast. Just hop on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't even have to do anything. Yeah. You, oh, yeah, I just, my ankle's inside out. Like, I need Run that battery out on that bag. <laughs> yeah. Leave it in produce. I get a big old slushy to drink. See if you've had a slushy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Chill out. Get that Walmart show. daiquiri. <laughs> All right. So David Summers is here from 95.5. Dave, do you want to take a quick break? We have a, a little bit more cocktail. Maybe you could have a smoke and then we can come back and talk about everything that's happening. Or I, just want to keep going. I don't smoke or condone it. Okay. I'm good. All right. No, we can take a break. I don't care. I'm between you guys. Right. Yeah, I need to stretch these gams out. My legs are cramping up because I don't eat no bananas. <laughs> I've been trying to get my fitness back my up. My feet are swelling. My cankles are crying. I got to get off these. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to fit in that wedding suit. And I, I've been trying to get back in shape. And, when is uh, your wedding? October 22nd. You're not ready. No, he's not ready. <laughs> well, now you're talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like person. I don't. I don't even like admitting how out of shape I am. I gotta <laughs> say, oh yeah, Justin's. You know, he's kind of broadened the beam. I love how you immediately go to third person when you're talking about the wedding. Like everything else, you've been in it. Now you're like, no, no, yeah, no, no. no, no. You're gonna make it seem like I'm bummed <laughs> on the wedding. Control. No, that's. You just are worried about fitting into your prom gown. That's it, man. I gotta look good. <laughs> just do what we did in high school. You just don't eat all day. That way you just pass out right on the altar. See, that's what happened when I got here, and then you just saw me eat a king-size Snickers bar. Okay. And then eat a giant bag of chips. I can't get into the diet. Okay, Dave, things you don't know. I am actually eating healthy. So Justin decided that he, too, is going to start eating healthy until his sugar bottoms out this afternoon. And instead of eating, like, fruit... Or something healthy. I mean, you can't get fruit at the gas station. He, yes, you can. Actually, yes, you can. At the one right across the street. There's bananas and oranges and all kinds That's of stuff. That's bananas. I didn't go to that one. I went to this one because you know how hard it is trying to... You come across that silly... Yeah, I don't know. Traffic sucks. Meanwhile, Diet, Diety McDyerson over here shoved an entire Snickers bar in his beak along with a bag of potato chips as well, you were I'd do it again if I get away with it. It's packed with peanuts. It's a lot of protein there. a lot there. of protein. That'd be fine. Yeah. You're not gonna I'm going to get shredded on the Snickers diet. You just wait and see. <laughs> I wish it would. God, I wish it was that easy. I just got to keep, oh like, my, my feet keep rolling up like the Wicked Witch of the West <laughs> when the house lands on her. <laughs> we'll be right back. That's a good one. That was a whole lot more stronger than the last one. Was it? Yeah. I'm not, let me chase that. Good. Let me, let me try Can a little bit of that. Why do I have to have Dave's? I'm not allowed to, oh, you're sick. Well, no, mine's got Dave's like in sick it. in the head. Mine's got Sprite in it. That's delicious. See? Nice. People wonder wonder why I have my vices. See, that would be be trouble. Delicious. All right, welcome back to episode 11 of the local podcast about all local things. And we are so happy this evening to have David Summers with us from 95.5 WTVY. And uh, I'm Charlene. That's Justin. There he is. And David's over there. Um, And... Is it David or Dave Summers? I answer to either. It's I know, but which one do you prefer? I don't. I, I, I don't care. Because typically it's, it's I call you Dave. It's the same. But it's David. It's uh, you know what uh, uh, an owner 
When I was in Montgomery, he said, David is so formal. You, you're Dave. <laughs> okay, okay, really? Yeah, All sure, right, whatever. Yes. David Thanks is so new formal. Dad. David. Yeah, it's formal. <laughs> just, uh, call me Dave. Just Dave. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, 95.5, that is where your home is now. And you've been Correct. with, now over the year, how long have you been in, 1977, you said. <sighs> yeah. Did you start here in town? Yes, yeah. Spent most of my career here. So where did career. you Career. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I just called it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People that work at a 7-Eleven don't call it a career. No. But, uh, no. Anyway. But yeah, but when you're a radio person, you expect you're yeah. going to be there for life because you're amazing. Yeah. And then they fire you and you're like, what? But I, I'm amazing. I How could you? What? Yeah. I never knew that. Okay. So I, I tripped into radio by accident. I was in sales. You were there, actually. You worked in the building at the time. Which building? That's how I know you. The radio people building. Dogwood Quartz. This is my first... Is that how we first met? First, yes. You were in sales? I was in sales. Do you wow. remember Kit? Your life was... Yes. Do you remember Kit? Oh, God. Bullheaded okay. guy. Kit Man. Yes. Kit yes. Man. I remember puker. conversations with, with that. Let's go around one more yeah. time on the Tilt-A-Whirl. Oh Come on. Everybody say hey. Yeah. You want to go faster? Yes. You, you want to go, go backwards? You want to go backwards? <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. He was such a puker. Okay. Yeah. So I was in sales, and I think Kit probably thought I was cute at the time. But um, he was like, hey, do you want to come in the afternoon shift, and we can you know, hang out and and uh, that's like, how yeah. announcers make their move. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. I tried to lay me. Sorry, I know. I, I got yeah. this show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went in there and we did an afternoon show. Like I think I may have been in there for half an hour. To me, it felt like eight hours of gloriousness. And then he gave me a tape, a little cassette mm-hmm. of our time together, and right. I listened to it five hundred and thirty-two times. And I was like, I was amazing. One tape. Yes. Right. A cassette. If One you segment. Will. That's yeah. all you need. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, anyway, I went back to sales in my real life. I was, you know, I was a god for about thirty-five minutes, and then um, a couple of days later, um, Carson, remember Carson? Carson with a K. Yes, Carson, who was with Gina, yeah, at the time, who is now yeah. Misty. He's doing. He's really he's doing tremendous. He's in. Boston. Yeah, he's in Boston on Hot yeah. 104.9. Yeah, I'm still friends with him on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just really a quality broadcaster. Yeah, he yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, he came in the building, and Gina had exited, yeah. who is now Misty, right. in the morning with Jerome. Right. And um, he's like, hey, so I asked um, the sales manager, I can't remember her name, with Andrus. Yes, Blackwell. <laughs> yeah. I did a morning show with her for a brief yeah. period, or yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. And he's like, I asked Andrus if you could audition for the morning show, but she said you were strictly sales. And I was like, you know, I've listened to my tape now 535 times. So I was like, um, the last time I checked, I make those decisions for myself. I will audition for your show. Thinking, there's no way I'll get it, but this is going to be a great story at a party. Absolutely. <laughs> I tried yeah. out for a morning show gig. So I uh, tried out. And my name on air was Charlene, you know, mm. for the week. And mm. then I got dismissed because it was my week tryout. And then I was like, oh, dear baby Jesus, I really want this job. It's amazing. So then at the time, Jerry Broadway, right. who was on 96.9, Correct. Uh, was the um, operations director. And he pulls me in. He's like, all right, so uh, you won the talent or whatever. And he's like, but here's the deal. If you want to be on air, first sign this. And secondly, we're taking it, you're getting a $10,000 pay cut to be on air. But at that point, like I said, I listened to my tape with Kit 535 times. I was going to be, yeah. I knew I would be the next Howard Stern. I mean, mm-hmm. I just knew it. So I was like, I'll take and your time. look at you now. I know, right? Doing a podcast. In a closet. <laughs> so what was, what was it that you had to sign? Was that a non-compete? I think it was, no, I don't know. Like that I would deduct $10,000 oh. off my paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, basically. You willfully signed that. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. And here's the fun news. I've never made that money back. Ever. And? Still early. And? Still early. I know. 20 years later, I've still not made that money back. You gotta double down. Back. Good times. Good times. But that's right. But that's how I met you. And so then uh, there was a... Can we talk about the big scene in the building? So I knew you. It was, it was not a big scene. And, and, and you told me a story one time, and, and your perception of that whole uh, event I was completely different from reality. Scene. That's a woman for you. you but, but, you're, but, 
What you told me that you recalled on that day was did what not, happens to victims just didn't at, happen. at crime scenes. Like all of a sudden, they have no idea who the perpetrator is, and they just right. make up stuff. There were, and as I recall that day, there were no raised voices. <laughs> in my head, I'm, there was. There was a lot of slamming. In, that's but that was in your. There were there were no doors slammed. People are throwing crystal ash trays. There were no doors the slammed. There you were no really, raising you voices. You can't really slam the door that it closes slowly yeah. anyway. Right. But I heard it slam. I for sure heard it slam. Yeah. But I'm not Dave, and so Dave was working in the uh, at the time it was 96.9. Right. And uh, I just thought that the guys that were on air were the coolest people ever. Even to in, even to include who was the guy that worked in Rock 1025 that would walk in the studio, close the door, and never open it again. And, like, wouldn't look up from the console. Steve, Steve? Was his name Steve? Steve Crosby. Yes. He was, he was, he worked on the station that I did in 1977 when I started. Rock 102.5. It was the era. 1450 AM. Oh. WDIG then, now known as 2WNT. And I, and I think the call letters have since changed. I don't know what it is now. Yeah, it used to be located on the Ross Clark Circle over near the Farm Center. It, it's a daycare now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Kitty College. It's the yeah. Kitty College building. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you know the building. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's, where, that's where I I started. went to daycare there. Like, that's Are you how serious? long it's been since that's well, been a radio I started my radio career there, and you went to daycare there. Being, yeah, dude. We, man, we listen. are kin. Our paths <laughs> have overlapped in so many ways. And, I mean, I'm baffled right now. We haven't met each other until today. Wow. So tell me about okay. So you started in a small. Tell me about the history of radio because it's like if you are a radio fan or a music fan or it's cha- the business has changed. Like for example, every Yahoo and their grandmother can get like a microphone and now do a podcast. Honestly, Exhibit like, A. <laughs> this right, right now. Boom. It's so distressing to you, I know, but it is the future. But what? I mean, what? It was. It was at the time to broadcast. You needed a license. You had to have like an actual, you had to take a test like a driver's license, right? I, I mean, in 19, you could get a temporary permit when I started. Yeah. But it would last only like six months. So I started in September of 77. And so my, obviously my time was running out. So by like February of 78, um, I had to, a friend and I had to drive off to Atlanta to the FCC building in Atlanta and, and take a test. What would, what is the test? Consistent. You had you had to pass elements one, two, and nine, <laughs> and and it was there was there was a lot of math because you had to be able to solve. God, it's so long ago. Um, there, there were just certain things that you had to know. The proper do's and don'ts, uh, and most of it had to do with the transmitter, because you were responsible for. Uh, transmitter. In my case, it was a 1,000-watt transmitter. <laughs> At night, we had to turn the power down to 250 watts, which you could barely hear on the Ross Clark Circle Wait, uh, 250 watts point. is just a scotch above 135 watts. bulb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To see where the light comes from the yeah. bulb, that's your signal. <laughs> so, so, that's, so at night, when the sun would go, you know, at sundown, you had to turn the power down to 250 watts. Daytime, it was a thousand watts. We competed with Wolf AM back then, right? And Wolf AM was five thousand watts, and that was a huge signal for an AM station that you could pick up probably fifty plus miles from Dothan in the daytime. But Wolf had to sign off at sundown. So back then, the earliest sign off in the in the deepest part of winter was four forty five. So radio and, was done. You couldn't listen to any more radio. At, well, after but DIG when when Wolf signed off at four forty five, um, DIG had to turn the power down at four forty five from one thousand watts to two hundred and fifty watts. <laughs> so I mean, imagine for your listening pleasure and your transistor radio <laughs> in your bed, and it's like yeah, okay, yeah. There's only one station. I can have a debate. So but <laughs> so the, I, I remember the slogans. Wolf's slogan was, "We don't let you down when you go out of town." DIG slogan was we don't let you down when the sun goes down ah. so it was, oh how competitive was that oh, for the, the two mainstream calling AM them out. stations yes. calling them out. was yes. there a time when it was AM that you were like that FM is never going to be like give me a break with FM no I mean no that was the dream and so I I started in September of 79 in, uh, in, in 77 uh, on AM so 
October 15th of 1979, I took my first job in an AM station. FM? Uh, FM station, FM. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, sorry, FM. Uh-huh. Uh, I left Wallace College after a half a quarter. <laughs> mom like, and dad were, yeah, mom and dad were really happy with that. And so after. What were you in college to study? My journalism or some some fluffy something like that. Yeah, probably. I I, I, I was always that would fascinated back by. To radio. Yeah. So when the call came to go to Enterprise, it was the like, city. oh, screw this school. Oh hell no, no more of this. And so I immediately took the job in Enterprise uh, from seven to midnight for probably two hundred and fifteen bucks a week. What station? You know? It was, uh, I was the first announcer on WLHQ, then known as Q97, the frequency 96.9. Ah. It was originally WIRB, BJ Kelly, uh, also known as Phil Thomas. Right. He was Phil Thomas um, on WIRB and WLHQ, and then he eventually left there and went to KMX and became BJ Kelly. Now, didn't you go to KMX as well? Never at KMX. I thought you did. No, never. I always wanted to work there, but I, I think they thought I was probably not KMX material. Well, I don't because, know. <laughs> okay, because Laura, you know Laura for Laura, Wolf. I got her, her first job in broadcasting yes. on Q97. Laura yeah. was an intern for Dave. And, right? Kind of. Or an intern well, for the no, radio station. We didn't station. have interns then, but I, I, I got her on part-time or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you at the time... The first to... time I met her, she came out of the station in a bikini. Did she yeah, really? Yeah, she, she and a friend, yeah. And I, I don't remember what we did Do you know Laura's? Yeah, Peggy. Afternoons are yeah. And yeah. you've seen her yeah. at, like, Folklore yeah. Brewery yeah. Yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. You know she's worked at Wolf for 26 years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is it. Her voice is deeper than mine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I love Laura. So Laura tells me the story about you. She loves you, but she was telling me the story about you. Oh, my God. About in the day when you guys would drive around, and it was guerrilla radio warfare. When radio stations would give oh. out, like, <laughs> license plates. Yeah. and Cartag. Just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so they would go through parking lots, and he would make Laura get out of the van and take, what, what car tags was it? KMX, of course. KMX car tags yeah. off of cars yeah. and throw, and they had this room. It was a timed event. <laughs> so we, 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 we'd go through the mall parking lot, right? And so you could, and they were made of lightweight, kind of flimsy plastic. aluminum. Oh yeah, yeah, aluminum, yeah. And so if you got it just right, you could boom, rip it off, and be back in the in the truck very quickly. So we, <laughs> yeah, we had a room at uh, at Q ninety seven. Uh, which was it was kind of a closet, but it was the, it was the backside of all of our reel to reel machines, right? Kind of a maintenance closet, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And the, the walls were covered with those car tags. So <laughs> anyway, now let's talk about reel to reel. For those of you that don't understand, like now we have like just so much digital malarkey. Okay, well, you uh, editing. You've seen yeah. what we've gone through just to edit like oh, yeah. this little bit of show. Now imagine that it's on tape. You're cutting and splicing and. And you had, no, wait, they had to do it. Like, a DJ used to have to, excuse me, go in a station. I love talking old radio. Like, you guys used to have to go in, and you would literally pick your own music. You stack your records. I started with 45s, yeah. Stacks and stacks of wax. I started with 45s at, at DIG, where mm-hmm. you went to. Yeah. Kinder, Kinder college. Kinder care. <laughs> yeah. And we had we had two turntables, um, and then the there was a... a basically a plywood frame that was built on top of the turntables. Uh-huh. There was a fluorescent light up under there, which drew moths. So occasionally oh, a moth would get on the record and if it, it would cause a record to skip or something, but, but we, we queued the hand queued up the records and Wait, there was no doors a, back then. Like how long we, how long ago are we talking? Why are there moths just chilling inside? Yeah. yeah. It was a, well, we would open the windows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To let the smoke out. But we would <laughs> Fair uh, enough. That's right. So but so but that's so I so I went from from 45s literally for playing 45s to uh, uh at both DIG and Wolf AM until uh Enterprise and this was kind of a first a company called Drake Chenault had a system where they had um reel to reel machines and there were four of them. One of those reels was your new songs, another reel was your recurrent songs. And then two reels were your oldies. 
and so you had um, a numerical system where you had to go by those and so the and they had automatic stops so when you had all four of these machines queued up the the reel would, would would play through the song and then it would stop but it was up to you to push the button to start the next reel and the the songs were on tape obviously instead of a record so so they would and they would stop automatically and so you had to push the buttons and um well i mean i remember we, we of course we used opportunities for the longest song in the system to when we had to go to the bathroom. Right, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And what was it? And got Stairway to, to Heaven didn't Stairway come up near, <laughs> nearly yeah. often enough. Yeah. But I remember the engineer at the time made a remote button with a twenty five foot cord because the bathroom was across <laughs> the hall. And so so you could turn the monitor up and you could go to the men's room and you could you had the button and it's like, Oh, the song ran out, boom, started the next song. So anyway, that was Isn't that uh, crazy? I feel like somebody's gonna bring that back one of these days. Like everything's gone to like everything <laughs> no, got so. Nobody's gonna bring that nah, back. Nah, dude. There's gonna be some That's hipster like in Nashville. Back, like horse and buggy. Nobody. There's gonna be some hipster in Nashville because you know they like do like random hand wrung out honey off of honeycombs. They do. There's so much absurd <laughs> like craftsmanship that goes into the most mundane of things because people want to be like artisan or whatever, like. Somebody's going to do that with a radio industry and be like, this is the only radio station in the nation that operates this way. And that's going to be their selling point. I don't think and so. And everybody else is going to be like, but that, there's a reason that you're the only <laughs> one in the nation that does it this way. It's because it's insane. Well, it's not just that. So there's the button firing in the bathroom. But then there's also like, you guys would have to like, re- like recording phone calls, for example, would record on the real reel And right. they would have to splice and tape and edit. Like within... You know, thirty seconds amount of time. That's Imagine crazy. like getting tape off a thing. First of all, right. that takes at least fifteen seconds to get the tape off the. And then yeah. you'd have to. Yeah. How did you see? How did you? Could you see? Because now we can see it. What do you Let's, mean? See the well, tape? We can see. Can you see the waveform? Can you see anything on tape, or you just have to guess exactly uh, no, where I it mean, was? No, I mean, when you when you're talking about tape, it, it's really it's uh, it's a form of rust that is. That, that makes the noise. I have no clue how that works, but um, you would mark the tape with a grease pencil, right? And then you would you would uh, take it off and put it on a splicing block, and you would cut it at a forty five degree angle, similar to what you would do in carpentry. Yeah. And so then you would you, you would mark it with the grease pencil on the the tape head. And then you'd move it down to the next spot where you wanted to pick it up and mark it again. So then you take the tape off and put it on the block and, and, and cut it with a razor blade and then cut the second spot with a razor blade. And then you had splicing tape and you would tape those two together. So if there was something you didn't want, you could cut that out. Now, obviously, it's, it's done digitally. In a short, like how much time did you have to do that? I mean, it didn't happen. We didn't do it very often on while we were on air. You would do that like when you were cutting commercials in the production room. On air, it was pretty much you get what you get when you recorded a phone call. Yeah, yeah. Just so, let it go. Yeah. Was um, was um, were things harder than like as what I'm trying to think of like swear words and that kind of thing? Did people? Was it hard? Was it as strict then, or did it get oh, stricter? Absolutely. I, I said the word "pissed" one time on the air, and I really got called on the carpet for that. And and it was kind of a natural reaction. It was it was probably it was probably eighty three or eighty four somewhere along in that. And and a guy opened the door. You had to be careful because we still had turntables, so we would from time to time we would still play things from the turntable. Uh, as opposed to the reel to reel machine, right? You know, you don't, you don't, you can't bump a reel to reel machine, uh, so it won't skip. But obviously, records skip, right? Um, but a guy flung the door open and ran into the console, and I remember I was playing a particular song off record, and it just went right across the record. And, oh. and so I used the word "pissed" on the air, and got called into the uh, general manager and owner's office, and was asked very politely never to say that word again. So, and there were, you know, obviously, and George Carlin nailed it. He had the seven words oh, yeah. that, you, that you couldn't say. And, right. And literally those were the words in, that were mandated from the FCC back then. And uh, while things have come a long way, you can, you can, there's a lot of things you can say now. Um, yeah. But, you know, back then it was, you could have been, we could have been fined 
several thousand dollars probably at the time if somebody had documented it somehow and and filed a complaint with the federal communications I was trying to make a mixtape for my girlfriend and oh he said oh my god yes. you no idea oh god man I've been sitting here with my hand on the record button waiting for Loveline to roll through and call my name out this for you girl oh listen you were a child in the 80s like you were in daycare but you don't know like I'm making a mixtape and it was just like you would wait all day for your song to come on and you'd get it and it would start and then the DJ would talk over the end of the song oh, and yeah. you just want to blow a gasket you're just like I've been no, waiting I mean, for four hours hours for this song i made a gang of mixtapes when i was a kid like it was always dumb stuff that it was always stuff on the radio that my parents wouldn't let me go buy <laughs> and so it was like everything was off wjjn and jimmy daughtry <laughs> would talk over everything and be like that's that new thing for the bold thugs of harmony <laughs> i'm like dog hey man calm down i don't know why your blood pressure is so high you're yelling at me through the speaker right now <laughs> that dude, i don't understand how he's still alive who jimmy daughtry He's uh he's been on WJJN for. I don't even probably, know what you guys are talking about. What is WJJN? Ninety two point one Jam. It's R and B. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, or it's it's hip hop. Yeah, it's a hip hop station. Yeah, yeah. It was one hundred one three at the time. Um, I was a rock girl. Yeah. I've always been a hood rat. Like I've always been super into rap, <laughs> which is probably one of the reasons I've never gone to Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Ron does a great job, and yeah, dude, that dude has so much good talent. The roles in there consistently. Yeah, he's got a pretty good good deal going on. He never has to worry about fights breaking out, usually. What are you talking about? I don't know. This is what he tells me. Because obviously, I don't have a... I've got no, like... It's a no country bar. Of course there's fights in there. You can't drink... You can't mix, like, cowboys yeah, and like country music and whiskey dust and, and mud, not expect something... And blood. And they, they call ex, that the rodeo. And an ex-girlfriend <laughs> and some rodeo, like, hatred, like, rolling through town and not expect some fireworks to I happen. I don't know. I'm telling you, from my standpoint, I can't imagine. I ain't trying to fight a dude that's got a plate on his lap <laughs> as a piece of fashion. Like, I ain't trying to do that. Dude's going to pull that thing off like Pootie Tang, clack me across the jaw with his four-pound belt buckle, <laughs> and that's, that's it. Like, and that's why you don't go to Cowboys. End of story. No, that's, <laughs> that's why I don't think fights go on there, because everybody's packing <laughs> a belt buckle. And, and probably some heat, too. But anyway, okay, so Dave... Okay, so we left off in like 1984, and then what? Like, like, what happened? Did you all were you always in country? Was country your format? Because you no, were a rock no, guy. No, I was in I was in country until 1990. Okay, it, it, it was pop music on DIG and Wolf AM. It was it was top 40. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pop. Um, so when it became WLHQ Q97, it was owned by. Wayne Wayne Newton's brother Jerry Newton, and Wayne Newton from Las Vegas. Really? Yeah. And so tiny he bubbles, had, uh, right? Isn't that that's the song? Don Ho. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Daddy, don't you walk so fast? Daddy, slow down some. Sorry, I was You're watching You're making Three's me company. run, Daddy. Wasn't really. Don't you walk so fast? So, was there like a particular artist, or was there a reason you got in the country, or was it just was a natural it's progression? Because I really needed a freaking job. A job. Yeah, fair I enough, had man. Been, um, I was at Wolf FM at the time, and after um, being dismissed from <laughs> from there, um, I. I get confused on the order of it. I fueled aircraft at the Dothan Airport for a while. Did you really? It was very dangerous, yeah. When was this going on? <laughs> I, think that, I think that was in 89, and I did that for a few months. I was never afraid of manual labor. There was a period in the 80s <laughs> that I went to work with my uncles down in uh, Tampa Bay. Right. And they had a, an equipment handling business and uh, a material handling business. And so I worked there for... A year it was probably the best thing I did because I was I was out of radio for the first time in in probably six or eight years and so I got to listen to Tampa Bay radio which was just I was just very impressed by and so I just it was I felt a big like city I, it was like big uh, yeah, I mean it yeah. was big time I mean it was it was awesome and so that's what I wanted to be and there were particular announcers that I tried to emulate and that kind of thing and so when I finally um, I left Tampa and the, the longest drive I had ever made at the time was from Tampa Bay all the way up to Tullahoma, Tennessee, which was just south of Nashville, which is where Jerry Newton also had radio stations because there was not an opening in Enterprise. So anyway, I go there 
and worked for a little while and then came back to uh, Dothan uh-huh. at some point. J- Jerry Newton was indicted, a federal grand jury for <laughs> embezzled bank fraud and a lot of things and eventually went to prison. But uh, <laughs> any, anyway, so I actually helped him move out of his home in uh, Tennessee and uh, down to Destin. And so in the meantime, he gave me a job back in Dothan. And then he Before prison? Uh, yes. That was yes. nice. Uh, so he eventually lost the radio stations, and they reverted back to the original owner, the uh, very kind gentleman. Uh, his name was Ed James, uh, was the original owner of WIRB. So they reverted back to him, and so I, I worked for. So that was probably eighty-five or eighty-six, and so I was back in Dothan, and, and that was after having been uh, away from radio for. Uh, I, uh, a little more than a year and spending time in Tampa Bay and just being a listener. Right. And so to me, that was, that was really good. Just being a listener and, and hearing those guys and some of the, really some of the best in the business uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gave me a, a different outlook and just a whole different perspective of, of what I sounded like and, and what I wanted to sound like. Right. On radio. So. So the latter part of the 80s was kind of rocky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of working down on the docks listening to Tampa Bay Radio. The folks at, the folks at Wolfer, are, you know, and I, I still like those folks. The folks at Wolfer, uh, as you said, Laura Pate's been there 20. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize, and it's a small town, so people, you know, people go back and forth and here to there as far as radio personalities right. are oh, yeah. in, in town. But um, I remember one time, which is really ironic, uh, I worked at the radio people and they sent my morning show to Atlanta to morning show boot camp. How did your station have the budget to send you to boot camp? Okay, well, here's the thing. Exactly. It was they Atlanta. Sent, they just made they a said, no, we had a hotel. We stayed in the nicest hotel. Went to yeah, boot but camp. I can't it's... believe the radio people sent you to morning show boot camp. Yes, the radio yeah. people did. Who was the general manager at this time? Ron time? Eubanks himself. Sent me to morning show boot camp. You guys must have really Which was the best. It. I'm telling right. you that I, you, okay, like right now today, the people that I hung out with are still on air. Like they're still, like Rich, who's in the morning show on Sirius One Hits One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- totally talked to him. Like, I got a job offer to work in Texas. Like, oh, it was, it was a big deal. And I was super stoked. And I was like, yes. And I came, wait, so we went to this one thing and the guy from Z100 is talking and he was like, all right, so how was many. This, was it Scott Shannon? Yes. Really? Wow. A, a, a true, a, <laughs> it's a stab in the dark. He, he's a true radio god. No, I he mean, is. He, he, invented was, the, he invented the Q-Zoo in Tampa Bay. Yes. And he, just, yeah. And he was producing, he was like the Z100 head. in New York. Yeah. Right, right. Right. So it was him and he was talking and he was like, how many of you have been fired from radio and like everybody's <laughs> hand in the whole room goes up except for mine of course because I'm a yeah. newbie yeah. and I was like what and then it was like how many of you guys have been fired twice everybody's hand goes up again how many of you guys have you been three four five six I mean the room kept raising their whole hand and I'm like what is happening and he's like okay cool because I was just fired this afternoon like Z100 from Z100 had let yeah. him go yeah. And he was still teaching like this morning show thing right. and he was a god. And I so I came back and I was like I'm going to be so awesome and so successful. <laughs> and uh, I got pulled in the office with Ron and Jerry and they're like we just wanted to let you know that we think that you are big market talent. We really do. But, but. in the meantime but we have that's a big old but we, have, we got this boot for we you. have flipped format on your station while you were gone it is now an urban station the whole staff will be here tomorrow and you are the only remaining person of your entire so staff so it's 105.3 yes and see i never knew the rob zone. was over on 105.3 yeah okay. for like a month right. with me right. yeah right. so with like three other people i think i went through morning show hosts like one a month for yeah, it no. was bad. Throwing them out left so and right. So I got put on the rock station, Rock 1025. So let's talk about Rock 1025 for a second. Because Justin the other day was like, yeah, I do stuff at the paper all the time. Do you remember the arrow? Yeah. Where they used to hide put, the arrow? I put that hide station that on the air. Yeah. It, it, it was originally Oldies 102.5. And so I uh, put arrow on the air. Arrow stands for stood for all rock and roll oldies. Had no idea, and and it was uh, it was uh, it was basically it was white pop 
Right. Mm-hmm. So it was. I mean, there was some rock and roll. Sure. But it was it was pop music without the R and B. Right. And so it became all rock and roll oldies. You would have you would have some pop songs amongst those, like less Bee Gees, maybe one of the older Bee Gees songs. But you would then then we thought, boy, this is rock, rock music because you had Led Zeppelin songs, right. you had Leonard Skinner songs, yeah. etc. Right. And then, um, so, so I, I remember that uh, Jess Bailey and I were the very first to morning show host on Arrow. I didn't know that you and, and Jess then, Bailey did a morning show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we were <laughs> just that guy almost me across up. the street over here from, you know, where the subway is? That yeah. little area right over here off Honeysuckle. And then... Um, that's where the Arrow was? Yeah, yeah. That's where it was, it was Oldies 102.5. And, um, Who came up with the promotion where you guys hid an arrow? You had to find the arrow. A genius. A genius did you, that. I was it? here for five years, and I, I, I can't recall if I was a part of that or not. Um, this there is like 96. Um, I remember being fired there. <laughs> and the vivid part is I had saved up for a, a Walt Disney World vacation. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I remember that day, and the vacation was paid for. Yeah. And we were departing on Sunday to go to Disney. Oh no! Disney World. We're driving. We're we've we're already have the, fun, the rental cars fun, paid for. Fun. We're going to Disney, and on Friday afternoon, I was handed my check, and uh, we we yeah, we don't really need you anymore. And you didn't go to Disney. I basically said, "F you! I'm going to Disney World." <laughs> And right. So, <laughs> I mean, what else are you doing? And, and, and so I, I remember I, so vividly that Sunday, we walked into Disney, that uh, the, the Magic Kingdom, right. that Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and uh, Carol and I looked at each other, and I said, "I'm probably the only, I'm probably the only jackass who's been who who who's, who's here right now, with recently no job. unemployed." <laughs> so, so and the Magic Kingdom gates opened for us. But, we, and it was it was like well we can't get our money back so, so we might go, as well go have a good yeah, time it was go yeah yeah and, and so we did it was like when and when you go to Disney you you just you have to be a kid yeah and so that's that's the real trick to go into Disney I don't want to I, I love talking about Disney uh, it's one of my favorite topics uh, to a degree but uh, anyway that that's <laughs> so vivid that so random yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah, we no longer need you. And so it's like, yeah, you just won the Super Bowl. What's next? I'm going to... You've yeah. just been fired. <laughs> What's next? What's I'm next? going to Disney. I know, I've been yeah, let go so. from jobs, and it felt like I won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Like, it was one of those things where like, I'm just wood right now. waiting. Never... So I, the Arrow thing, I think, was maybe right before my transition. Right. Um, but uh, it, 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 was, it, was re- it really was a kick-ass promotion, and people really... Uh, for those of them that don't know, tell, explain the promotion. It was really neat. Uh, well, you, th- we had an Arrow, a, an actual... Um, tangible Arab, yeah, and maybe it was out of ten or something, and it was shaped like a cartoon arrow, right? Um, and it was hidden, and so probably double side tape, and it was stuck up under a park bench, for example, or up under a mailbox, or up under a phone booth or something. Right. And so the station would give clues as to where the arrow is, find the hidden arrow, and so. And the prize was probably a thousand dollars. That nonsense wrote me in. God, <laughs> wrote me in. <laughs> so. You realize you can't like this is how far we have gone from fun in our world today. Like you right. can't do anything like that. No, no, I do it all the time. You, you like, know, liability. You, liability wise for on air for, for on air. Uh, like a, oh yeah, you, yeah. A you, similar promotion prior can't. to that was find the missing. Pepsi can or something, and so and it was actually hidden near the the original Pepsi plant near Alice Street, uh-huh. and um, there were probably three or four hundred people mobbing that particular oh, area. Man. The final clue had been given, and everybody had deducted. It's okay. It's within. It's behind the Pepsi plant. It's in this quadrant so the of the yard. Were just mobbed, and that's I, awesome. So yeah, so everybody thought okay, and, and so and of course eventually somebody found it and won a thousand dollars, but. It's so fun. Yeah. I always do that. Like we, I've actually adopted that promotion where we, with, with like the advent of Instagram and random social media outlets, like it makes it really easy for me to post random, small, very tiny, like zoomed-in pictures of where this thing is. Right. And usually, it's event tickets, like a SEAC tickets or like 
tickets to Blues Fest, or we do, we've done them for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and people go out looking, dude, it'll be like two or three in the morning and my phone will ding. And it'll be somebody emailing us like, when are you going to post another clue? Like, hey, man, I can't be a normal dude and just take a nap. Like, come on now. Y'all ain't got jobs. Like, y'all just, just a hinge. Like, you're, the future of your smiles are hinged on when the next time I post something on Twitter is. Yes. Get your priorities together, Love man. media. It's it silly. I like it. I think, it, I think it's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely an abuse of my media power because I obviously don't have any real media power. <laughs> I say that like joking around. I think the fact that you think you have media power and talk about your abuse of media power when you really don't have any media oh, yeah, power yeah. is what's so comical to me. Yeah, no. You, just, <laughs> you have one person keeping you up at night trying to yeah, find it. Yeah, that's one dude who's like, <laughs> man, my, my kids really want to see Shrek the Musical put on by other kids. You do me a solid. It's not like you're sending them to New York. I'm actually hiding a, I'm hiding a $150 uh, gift certificate to Dinosaur Tattoo in the next few weeks. Oh, are you? And um, that one actually, I get that one because the, the, the people that are going after that type of prize are my age. And typically they're people that I know. Right. Um, all the time people are sending me like, hey, man. Where's that thing at? <laughs> oh, dude, man, I can't. I'm just gonna tell you. I would. I mean, if we were that close, I'd just give you the damn thing. <laughs> I don't like you like that. Uh, Work for it, Dave. So all these years in radio, how? What is your the greatest thing that that you love that's changed, and the and the worst thing that you that's changed? Dude. This this whole podcast situation is probably the worst. It is definitely. <laughs> Not a highlight. <laughs> I miss working. I, I, uh, I miss working with you. We never got really to work directly together. No, we didn't. We were in the building a couple of times together, and you were on one station or another. Um, you, you could hear I, me through the the soundproof glass. Yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> I, I was always inspired by by others in the building. Right. Uh, always, and, and I think most radio people are. Um, you, you sort of gravitate to people who have like minds and that sort of thing, but. Um, I used to have to set an alarm to go home when I worked at the... To go home. Yes. Right, Like, right. I would have to set an alarm yeah. on my phone. Wrapped up. to read. Yeah, no, I mean, we used to literally... The, it used to be that the, every station had eight people working on it. The, the, yeah. the hallways were packed. And the production rooms, you know, were basically little creative hotspots where people right. would be like, I'm trying to do commercial, what do you think? do this voice and then it would just become sometimes a comedy routine or sometimes it was like guess the song and someone would just play the first note of the first song and everybody would sort of meander in there and um, my favorite story with that is we had an intern uh, Carrie (laughs) and someone it was Dave Gilligan who used to do it all the time who played the first note of a song Mm -hmm. and you'd have to guess the song or the artist. Based on one note. One note. It was just one note. Bing. And if nobody could do it, you'd get the second note. And then... Yeah. And <laughs> so this particular song was... Um, what's the song? I Touched Myself by the Vinyls. Was it the yeah. Vinyls? And we couldn't get it. And we couldn't get it. And here comes Carrie, like the prettiest, like Cottonwood cheerleader, most innocent girl. She comes screaming down the hall. I touch myself. I touch <laughs> myself. That through the I touch myself. Like this is the first time that she's ever won at all, ever. <laughs> like, we're like, you got it, okay, girl. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I would have to set an alarm like three o'clock. Like you should go see your family now. Like it's time to <laughs> it's, leave. It's like mom speaking up saying you've had enough Christmas. <laughs> That's right. It you've is. Had, it really was. You've had too much Christmas. You've it's had time too to much go home Christmas. now. Yeah. It's time to put the toys yeah. away yeah. and clean up the wrapping paper. Yeah. It's time to go. You don't yeah. have to go home, but you can't stay here. Oh, yeah. I love. I love. What? Uh, what is your? Um, what's your favorite? Who? My thing, favorite what? Now thing about radio. Now. I guess the immediacy of everything. You can you can make things happen so quickly, so easily. Um, so if you tie, like, what are you talking about? Like tying on air with social media? Like you're, you're just getting yeah, instant sure. response yeah. now, constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you can, it, it's amazing how quickly you can make things happen. Back then you had to have a lot of, uh, you had to do a lot of homework. You had to, we did, I created a thing when I was at Q97. It was called the, Everything was called great. The great something. 
It was called the Great Phone Booth Caper. Uh-huh. And it was similar to Find the Missing Arrow. Right. And so we would give clues to where the phone booth is. Nowadays, people are like, well, what's a phone booth? The kids, those <laughs> right. darn kids. That creepy thing you want to use when you so, don't want to get like, yeah, tracked on yeah. your cell phone. Yeah, and, and put, a, put a handkerchief <laughs> over the mouthpiece. Yeah. Just just be careful. Don't touch glove. anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> so the, the clues were as to where is where's, where's the phone booth. And if you found the phone booth, you had to answer with a specific phrase, uh, which would have been Q97 is the something. I I, I don't recall what the phrase was. But we would give clues. And so the first couple of clues would lead you to to what town the phone booth might be in. Headland, for example. Right. Uh, So the, the, the homework we had to do was go out and find banks of phone booths. And so we'd go to small towns like Headland, and on the square in Headland, there were probably two or three phone booths right side by side. Yeah, That's crazy. Um, and so you would you would go, and so you had to get the numbers. So you would take the phone numbers down from those three phone booths if they were side by side, and then you would go back and you would write clues. Mm-hmm. And so the first clue was this town is known as the whatever town, and, and oh oh that could be Headland, and so. This phone booth is located, and so you gave clues, and so eventually the uh, three people would be standing at the, and, and at a certain time we would call that phone, and so I always remember. Uh, and there God, was that's a, such a great idea. Yeah. So at <laughs> at about three thirty-five or so on that particular afternoon, I did the afternoon show on uh, what is now ninety-six-nine on Q ninety-seven. And so it's okay. It's it's time to make the call for the great phone booth caper. And so we had a spotter on location, and it was Jeff Baxter, and um, who was a, who was an engineer at the time. And so Jeff agreed he would be the spotter, uh-huh. and because we didn't want anybody shoving somebody down or taking the phone from them. But the um, <laughs> I, I wish I could remember what the phrase was. So I, so I called the. I said okay, and I was building it up on the air. And um, so I dialed the, the number. And so now we're dialing the number. And it was, this was all live. And so the, the phone begins to ring. And I, I think the phrase was something like Q97 is the key to winning or something. Right, right. But anyway, you hear, you hear a guy pick it up. And, and it makes a noise. And he goes, Q97 is the bang 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 oh, just no. a lot of a lot of ruckus and i'm like okay i'm not sure what's happening here and it's i have live music playing and we're live absolute live yeah i'm not sure what's happening here and i have music playing in the background <laughs> and uh and, and you hear him again q97 is the kid and it's, and it's <laughs> okay obviously there's a tussle uh, uh, ensuing here and was it so, the same voice or two different voices it, it was the same guy okay it, it, it was the same guy and <laughs> a little so more winded version he was attempting to say the phrase because we had, we were very specific. You cannot pick up the phone and say hello. If you said hello, game I'm over. sorry, game over. Correct. Okay. So you pick up the phone and say, Q97 is the key to winning. Right. And so he was attempting to do that, and he tried it two or three times. <laughs> and then it just sounded like he was being body slammed. <laughs> and and uh, a, f- a female. That's so ridiculous. A female goes, Q97 is the key to winning. And I'm like... Yeah, how's it 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 going? Tanya Harding, you're alive. Uh, Yeah, put down the tire tool. Uh, Somebody's going to require knee surgery. But Jeff was uh, our spotter, and that's why we had the spotter. Uh, So I get Jeff on the phone. Jeff comes over, and he sort of referees the situation and says, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. And she was rather large. Yes. And the, the, the young fellow that answers was, was a kind of a thin guy. <laughs> and she literally came up behind him and grabbed him around from the back. And just started carting like him off. the governor says, our current governor says, he likes to embrace. Um, yeah, gotcha. Anyway, so, so she literally comes behind him and kind of a, a, a belly-to-back suplex. And so, oh Jeff, so Jeff gets on the phone and says, no, listen, um, I can tell you what happened. Oh, Jeff, please, please describe the action. And so it was, it was really very funny. And that, that probably five to six-minute period uh, was just, I, I just can't imagine what listeners were thinking because they were hearing the same thing I was. And I, in my mind, I was going, oh, my God. Now everybody's going down this had, journey together. I wish we could see this. <laughs> And so Jeff got on the phone and described the action and said, no, this, uh, this guy and uh, whatever his name was, uh, was the first one here. And, 
And this young lady came up behind him and grabbed him and <laughs> threw him to the ground. And fortunately, there was no lawsuit. And so as we, you were talking about earlier, so liability is a factor yeah. into, as to why we don't do a lot of those things no, nowadays. You just can't give away that yeah. awesome and, and of if, a thing. I don't know what you're right. giving away that particular instance. Oh, that price was, really? was, was 100 bucks. 100 bucks. I'm just, yeah, just $100. And that was worth a belly-to-back suplex from a big girl. So <laughs> Listen, man, that was just a random Tuesday to that girl. Right. She probably was yeah. at... Uh, just friends or whatever in Headland warming up to, on like some big alright so that's the other thing okay so you're giving away a hundred bucks and now 95.5 you know, like skip forward to 2016 you guys are giving away $37,000 I did not say that out loud I did to, as far as the to- total budget of what's going on well on not next. one person is going to get it's like right, to divvy right. up I'm going to say homegirl and headling going to be doing some stretches but no that means it's a lot of money everybody has got an opportunity to win all day Lots of money. You know, we, you know, we want to have a lot of winners. We want to make it easy for a lot of people to be able to participate. Um, so to me, that I mean, that's part of our of what we're trying to do is is it, it's easy to play, it's easy to win, and, and it's fun. So and, how do you I, how uh, they just got to tune in a ninety five five? And what's the game right now? Has uh, it started? Tickets for the Kenny Chesney concert in Auburn Saturday, April twenty third with, with Miranda Hotel? Lambert. Um, How is she? Sam Hunt in Old Dominion. She's fun. So we're, so we're giving away tickets for that show. When uh-huh. you win a pair of tickets, you win $100. And then you're, uh, you have a guaranteed shot of $5,000. Wow. So, so we're giving uh, lots of pairs of tickets. Um, so we're you know, trying to make a lot of noise. Fun. So, and then what we follow that with is really large prize money amount. But you can't talk about it at this particular moment. Uh, not you No, we haven't shown our hand on that yet. I, you know, and I, a lot of folks are excited about going to see the show. Just just winning a pair of tickets to the show would be pretty cool. It's in Jordan-Hare Stadium. They've, I don't think they've ever done a concert there before. So oh. the potential is for, you know, the, the stadium holds 85,000. Yeah, but there's yeah. no bad seats right. in that stadium. It's a great, right. I mean. Right, and, and with the giant screen, and uh, I had the extreme thrill of being on the 50-yard line for the Iron Bowl this year. And my uncle is just the greatest in the world. He flew in from Texas to Birmingham and uh, wanted to spend the day with me. And so we have seats on the 50-yard Aww. line at the, at the Iron Bowl. And um, it was we were on the first row. And so it was we were we got there as soon as they opened the gates, and we're looking out and man, the greatest seats in the house until the players come out. And, and you can see, yeah, it's just a wall of backs. All you can see is the players. Yeah, a bunch of numbers in the way. The giant screen is just to our left in the end zone. And so I spent the whole game at the fifty-yard line watching TV, watching the big screen. Uh, but but the you know the pop and circus. And I'm an Alabama fan, right. uh, uh, but I don't I don't pull against Auburn except for that one game. Yeah. And so it was – and I've heard a lot of things about what it's like to go to a game at Bryant-Denny Stadium, which I've done that. and uh, But I'd never been to a game in uh, in Auburn. It's fun. Uh, when I had done um, sports on Channel 18, I had done some reporting from both stadiums. But the the pop and sur- the beginning of the game was, was just really awesome. The Auburn band comes around the track, around the field, and – um, the, the the concrete wall is right in front of us that separates mm-hmm. the hedge from the, the from the field mm-hmm. area, and so the drum majors are marching down to oh you got to move your phone because uh, the the drum majors are coming down. But then the uh, then they release the eagle and literally the eagle's just directly over our head and that what a huge chill bump moment. Yeah. That's terrifying. And, uh, <laughs> I'm small enough I'll get carted off by one of those stupid birds. <laughs> the talons on the raptor are coming up. <laughs> But it was just and and, and so so to watch the eagle and would just look up and he's just straight overhead and he lands on the the center field at the fifty yard line and and then seconds later the national anthem and the the jets fly over so that was a that was it was quite a thrill even the even though once the game started it was like oh crap we're watching the big screen the entire time yeah. um, but but no so but so Jordan Hare Stadium is a it's a, it's a historical place so. You know, I have no idea how many folks are going to be there for this show. So that's gonna be awesome. So we we have a lot. Are of there still chances tickets. to win now? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. We'll give away tickets all the way through Friday, April twenty second, and we'll give away the last pair that morning, and then um, 
will award somebody $5,000, somebody who's already won tickets and $100. So we're very wow. excited about that. So somebody will actually go to this concert with 5000 bucks. Not like you, when you went to Disney. Account. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Piss Poor. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. They're and, not going to be uh, at Jordan O'Hare Stadium crying yeah. in their beer. because. And then, yeah, and then in addition, <laughs> we, we worked out a really smooth deal. And I, I don't know if it's ever been done in this market, but I, I sort of changed things a few years ago. And when we were coming up in the 80s, MTV did the most impressive contest ever. You and 25 friends are flying to Jamaica to see so-and-so in concert. Right. So, you know, and those days are gone. You just don't have those type things anymore. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we're, we're giving one person 10 tickets. Oh, fun. And they, they those, those, 10 pe- those 10 people <laughs> will go to the game in a Hummer Stretch limo, courtesy fun. of Bay Limousine, and we'll feed them from uh, Chicken Salad Chick. They're the sponsors for this, uh, this particular show. That's nice. awesome. So one person wins 10 tickets. And this, the Hummer limo, we just saw it, shot a little video at the uh, Bay Limousine Warehouse. The thing is four miles long. The driver, <laughs> the driver will actually arrive in Auburn way before you. Yes, exactly. But you'll be comfortable in the back. <laughs> but uh, so uh, to me, that's those are the fun kind of contests we that I, I love to do that makes people go, whoa! What do you t- one person gets ten tickets? So imagine being that person, and and so and so so we try to put that in your mind. Imagine you have. 10 tickets. Well, I've, it's hard for me so, to just imagine 10 friends. Right. I can't so, get over yeah, that hurdle. Yeah, that's the thing. So <laughs> when we so when we hit our social media and we talk about it on the radio, it's like, you're going to be the most popular person in your neighborhood. Because So so it's it's really fun to, to do those kind of things. Uh, at Toadlick last year was one of the first times we did that. We gave one person 10 tickets for Toadlick. And um, so, so and, and which we'll do that again this year. Fine. And um, so, so it's so it's really cool, and uh, we get to work with good folks like the, uh, Bill Hilliard and and, uh, and the guys from Bay Limousine that uh, they they see the vision with us and they know it's fun and it's a great way to have their name out there. So absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So, so well, doing great. those fun promotions like that, and then um, you know trying to come up with what's next. Uh, to me, that's the really the fun part of, of what we do. Yeah. Well, I'm thank you so much for coming in tonight. I, I I'm not finished, and then. <laughs> but you are, thanks. Oh my I set my timer. Own, it's time for me to. He's go gonna home. get his own podcast. <laughs> he's Substitute. gonna take all this equipment and go. All right, so that is podcast number eleven. We talked with David Summers. David, you need to come back. And I flew with this. the Blue Angels. I met Garth Brooks. Uh, I met Johnny Cash. Johnny so Cash was. Uh, you can always awesome find us thing. on Wiregrass Local on Instagram. The Local on Facebook and wiregrasslocal.com. Hashtag eat what's happening. Say goodnight, everybody. Oh, we're still talking about Johnny Cash. Is it that? All right. What if June was your mom? Johnny Cash was